Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Get Out There podcast. My name is Billy Newman. I'm here today with Robert Biscaret. Robert, how you doing? Good. What's going on, Billy? Thanks for doing another podcast, man. It's great. Episode eight. Here we are. Yeah, man. I think this is episode nine. Is it really? We did that. Yeah. I think we're moving. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because we did that. Yeah, we I... got through that one last week, too. Yeah, I can't really count that well, so. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but hey, I mean, we, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard to get the first ten numbers and uh, in in straight work. but uh, <laughs> I'm teasing, man. But uh, but no, it's great. I'm really glad we got we got this one uh, coming together again today. It's gonna be cool. And uh, yeah, man, once we're over ten, that's that's the first hurdle. That's so, it, man. Yeah, there here we go. are. The back <laughs> yeah. nine, so to speak. No, it's good. I'm glad that we've uh, we've got we've got through a handful of these. And yeah, it's fun, man. It's cool putting together a handful yes. of them. But uh, but this week I wanted to talk about some of the the past truck travel stuff that we've done and uh, and I think you're, you're the guy who's inspired me to get a truck at first man like for the long time gotta have a truck gotta have a truck uh, strangely though most most of my road trip travel has been in a sedan <laughs> even even still in the Camry in the old Camry man uh, but yeah but that Camry was legendary it was legend it was absolutely legendary. But for today's episode, what I was thinking about doing was kind of breaking down a couple of the, the stories in the past that we had about doing some overland stuff, some overland like travel, if you mm-hmm. can call it overland. I don't know. That's like a heavy word. I think that's a modern word, right? Like this term. Have yeah. you seen that around like overland when people yeah, talk I've about that? Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. It seems to be kind of the trendy sort of rich guy word to say four wheeling. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm going, I'm going mudding. You know, you don't take a Land Rover mudding. Or four mm. four wheeling or something. You take that overlanding, overland excursioning. Oh yeah, uh-huh. it's always that. But uh, but I think that's kind of a funny part of it. But I see like a ton of that stuff. I got into that like, I got into that stuff back in 2011. Like the overland travel. Have you ever seen like the magazine yeah. Overland Journal? Is that an active uh, magazine? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's like okay. sort of a niche. It's a niche category, like this whole thing. Okay. So it's where it's like that thing you'd never find it unless you looked for it. But it's kind of, it's interesting. There's tons of stuff out there like that. But that's one of the first ones that I ran into. Uh, and that's okay. like, that's when I had like the Camry and I was back in college and stuff. And it, you know, it, it, that's when I first really wanted to get, <laughs> because I couldn't get a Land Rover from the 70s, I really wanted to get like a roof rack and a top box. I was, I was like set on that because if I could get that, that was like, that was like my, that was my version of making like a Camry into an overland vehicle, you know? Cause I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get into this, but I'm 20 and I've got 138 bucks. So what can I, what can I work out with that? Yeah. <laughs> but that was a part of it. So yeah, I remember setting up like, um, like setting up the, the, or the, the, the roof, the rooftop or the top box, you know, man, yeah. those are, those are like super handy. Like, and that was great on the, on the Camry when I had it, but that was all what kind was, of from, what was yours? You had like that, that tool top box. Yeah, it was a, uh, I forget what it is now. I think there was like the excursion that I had at a time. And then there was like the summit model that I had at another time. You didn't have the overland model? Didn't, I missed out on the overland (laughs) model. Both of these were like old, man. They were like, you know, I don't know, the early nineties, maybe late nineties, early mid nineties or something. That's like when the the plastic was produced. That's when that thing was called new. And now, yeah, I was just sitting on my, on my equally old aged car <laughs> going, going around and driving those things hold their value like crazy i picked mine up both of mine i think now three of them in total i picked three of those top boxes up oh wow on craigslist it was for different cars and stuff i got a little fat one for the for the camry i had a, I had one for the truck and then and we got one for marina crv or when yeah, i say the yeah. truck i mean the, the old forerunner which we'll get into that later too but uh that long one on the old forerunner so i bought like a, a few of them and i'd always bought them on 
used like on craigslist or something right like uh, yeah yeah uh and because like new they're like five or six hundred bucks to get into those yeah, accessories they're, uh, for your cars. they're not cheap man yeah it's yeah it's super frustrating and so even when they're used they're they're still floating in like for good ones or for like stuff from the 2000s that's sort of the more modern clamping systems Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know when they actually made it they made it better you know where you could, you could put it on take it on and off your car without putting together like a bunch of plates and little wing nut <laughs> yeah, brackets yeah. made out of Something plastic you don't have to spend the whole afternoon doing yeah it's great because it, it would always like you know it'd mess up you'd, you'd get stuck in some situation like that when you, like i think one time we had to move with like it was you and i robert and scott and we had to like move the, that that top box we're talking about to the oh yeah to the rav right and we were going on yeah, that snowboard did. trip so we had to like pack we had to put it on and like put like a bunch of snowboards on or something and it was just mm-hmm. like it was just like snow and slush and it's kind of raining you've got like a, a, a you don't even have a headlamp you've just got like a light kind of crimped under your shoulder and neck as you're kind of trying to twist this wing nut back and forth to make sure that this thing's tight and in the right spot it was such a pain man it was so awful so after that they made like more simple clamp systems that work better but man those are like still like 300 250 like the the low end range like the stuff that's like used yeah the, the stuff broken i just sold one for like 85 that was that had like a big chunk missing out of it oh geez yeah it's nuts yeah it's like it's a gold man yeah. <laughs> at least out here i don't know it, it seems like in eugene in southern oregon it was a lot harder i think i had one and never sold but uh it seemed like in eugene and in corvallis and portland or like you know where that 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 string of that subarus and top stocks yeah right <laughs> where it exists all those all those overlanders out there mm-hmm but that was my foray into, into understanding what overlanding was because I was interested in like that overland journal. And so I'd like watch, I'd watch some of the stuff that was coming out in that. And it was just really all stuff, all equipment that was unattainable. Like you look at like the sweet trucks. Oh my gosh, uh-huh. man. There's so many cool like land or um, the land, like the Toyota land cruisers. But they, yeah. the set that they never built in America. Have you seen those? Oh yeah, they're awesome. They're so cool. Yeah, like all the all the ones that Australia got and like South Africa got, those are like the mm-hmm. coolest cars ever. Like <laughs> you see them no, all over out there. Yeah, they're so great. I would love to have them. Yeah, just this sweet diesel left-hand drive <laughs> or right-hand drive like yeah, Land Cruiser truck. Like there's the uh the Toyota Trooper. If anybody's listening and they google that, it's like this this crazy truck that they made for the military, that Toyota made for the military that's like a troop carrier. But it's a Land Cruiser, but it's just got like a long back end, and it's kind of squared off, so you can you can fit two benches in there to load twelve guys or <laughs> you know, whatever whatever silly amount it is in the back. But it just looks like oh man, that'd be the coolest like camper. You know, you take that thing. It's like um, it's like the FJ40. You see like the old ones that look like the the Willys Jeep. Have you seen that one? Oh around? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That and that was kind of like the uh, or one of the Jeep models that they. Well, yeah, Toyota's Japanese, right? And I don't. Yeah. Or of course yeah, they are, but I don't know where else they they sold like their equipment to for like military use. But it seemed like the FJ and the Land Cruiser line is used like around with them as a military vehicle all over the world. Have you seen that? Like it's the. Uh, like, I'm not really familiar with that. No. Or not like a military vehicle, but like like we have a Jeep, and then we have a tank, but we have the Jeep. Like they have, <laughs> they have the Toyota. They have a Land Cruiser. Okay. Or like a, a Hilux, right. right? Like your old truck, your old pickup truck. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that old pickup yeah, truck. The, the SR, or yeah, the 1980s, man. It was the best. You're man. talking about my old one. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, That's but why it was. I won't get rid of it. I still have. 
it's the coolest truck. But I remember learning about like, or it was just weird when I found out like about Americanizations where in America that's mm-hmm. called a pickup. Like that's, that's a pickup truck, but out of the country, the truck is called a Hilux. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. The international version, the international name for the pickup was the Toyota Hilux. And it's like, it's, it's got that like emblem in it. Yeah. So they'd sell these Toyota pickup trucks, like Saudi Arabia or like ISIS, man. Like, okay. So like all the ice, (laughs) like the footage from ISIS, that's like, why are they all in these like used Toyotas busting across this section of Syria? It's because the military had bought Toyotas as Hiluxes, like new ones. They're like, it's just like a sweet Tacoma or something, you know? It's just like rigged up yeah. to, to ride around out in the desert. It's probably a great truck for it. But that's, that's why we should beat ISIS is to get all of their sweet trucks. <laughs> we, we need all their sweet Toyotas back. <laughs> no, that was a big, that was like a gag in the news for a while. Because uh, like all the, the footage from, from whatever was going on would show these people. But they were like next to these like old like old pickups like yours with with like with like a gun mounted mounted in the back like the yeah, warthog okay. from yeah, halo I've seen a lot of that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you think about like all that all that crazy stuff but that, i think that was all like the the highlight stuff that toyota would sell like forerunners out of the country they're called surfs really yeah way cooler name to kind of call a forerunner a surf. I'm not gonna buy yeah, a I mean, surf. Yeah, I mean, the forerunner is kind of redundant. Like, I mean, no matter what you have, it's got, it's got four. <laughs> yeah, it's four like, well, something. I mean, we expected it would, it would have four wheels, or it's a big <laughs> yeah. truck. I guess it should have four wheel drive or whatever, whatever it's insinuating. But, but yeah, out, out of the country, it was called the surf. I've seen a few of them pass by. Like, you'd see them out there. You'd be driving around, and people are real proud of it, especially in that overland scene or that like that backwoods scene, man. People get oh, real yeah. proud of their their rigs that they have set up. But, um, but we saw one that was like this diesel surf that this guy had imported. I don't know what the rules are on that either. I, I think yeah, if it's, I think if the, if the guy's a U.S. citizen, I think it couldn't happen. But I think if you're in Canada, you can, you can have, you can have one registered and then drive it into the United States. I think that's where we see a lot of those vehicles. Well, we need to make some buddies in Canada. Eh? <laughs> if we need that, man, I need, I need a diesel, 90s forerunner i don't know like i need good another for arm. commuting good <laughs> for commuting <laughs> well have you seen like the the mitsubishi delica that's another Uh-oh. that's another sought after rig. yeah it's blowing my mind here yeah the Mitsub. it's a it's another car that wasn't that wasn't built in the united states right but it's for well it's become really popular in like that van life uh that okay. van life culture where people you know like i pretty much like what we were doing in the camry six years ago but uh-huh. uh, but you know, funding it r- relatively decently, and they get like a van, and like it's become really popular to get this Mitsubishi Delica. They made it through the '80s. It was sort of a competitor to the to the Volkswagen line of vans that were out at that time that were kind of camping focused. But this okay. one was cool. The Delica was cool because it was a diesel van, but it was four wheel drive. It was like this. It was a time when like Mitsubishi was just making a bunch of four wheel drive stuff, probably like the Colt Vista. That was yeah, was, that's exactly what was just coming to my <laughs> mind. If you don't know what a Colt Vista is, and you're listening to this podcast, go go look it up. And uh, that was that was your first car, Billy. Oh man, it was the best car. It was the best. <laughs> it was the best car. It was the worst car. But it was it really though. It was the worst car. <laughs> Dude, I bet if you had that now and just put a little bit of money into it, somebody, yeah, somebody would pick that up. Especially yeah, the man. Portland area. If I put some like, some studded tires on that and a roof rack. Oh yeah. An LED bar. 
<laughs> you want to talk about an attractive rig. <laughs> yeah, oh an gosh. LED bar. Nice. <laughs> CB. Yeah, man. You remember that hatchback? It would, it would, you could fit 10 people in that car. Jeez. I think eight people. I think I, I did. I, I fit don't think that's people. what they approved it for. <laughs> no, I swear it was. I think it was seven people. It was what it was like rated for. Seven. Yeah. It was. It was wow. three rows of seats, Robert, and a compact. That's what soccer moms were driving around in 1983. Yeah, it was. It's nuts. Yeah, there was the front two seats, the back two seats that were like bucket seats too, and then behind that there was another bench seat for three. So you had one, two, three, four, five, oh, six, geez. seven, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Ah, oh, what a silly car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it wasn't aesthetically great, but it was, uh, you know, economy friendly. That's, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> that thing was so, oh, it was the worst car. Uh, so not, not an overland vehicle there, I guess you could say. And even still, like, man, it, was, it had like 14-inch tires. It was so yeah. silly. You, you had no clearance to get over anything. What a goof. <laughs> hey, you made, it, you made it happen with the Camry, though. I, yeah, I did, man. And I was going to mention that, too, because that I had a couple experiences in the Camry. Uh-huh. You've always had a truck. I guess outside I of like the short time you had, you had a sedan for, to commute and stuff. But you've always oh, yeah. had, uh, had, like, had a rig that could get some places, which I always appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I really noticed running into to a few limitations when I was in the Camry. I wanted to talk about those. It was great with the Camry because you, you really benefit from the gas mileage, which, man, I would oh, take. yeah. Because, I mean, in most of a road trip, in some way, is like is highway miles. You know, you're out. You got to drive from here oh, to yeah. Wyoming. So you got to put a lot of distance in between you and where you're going. Yeah. And, the, and it, it, man, it works great having kind of a light, easy car to, like, just bomb out to somewhere. That worked really well. Uh, mm-hmm. so I appreciated some of those parts, but man, we ran into a few spots where we just couldn't get through. And the, one of the, the most upsetting ones to me was, uh, the sailing stones. Have you heard of those before? Is that in Utah? It's in, it's in the Southwest. It's, it's near death Valley in California. Okay. Yeah. I guess. And the sailing stones is a really cool spot. It was in death Valley. It's, it's like, I, it's in the park area, but the park area is just so immense, it's, but it's, it's all desolate, almost nothing out there, you know, mm-hmm. but you take this road, it cuts back for a really long way. And man, we were on that gravel road forever going back there. You have to go. It's, it's the kind of deep wilderness, you would almost call it. But it's like deep and desolate country out there. It's yeah. sort of well-traveled because there's, there's people kind of moving in and out of the, the park system. But we were traveling there in December, I think, uh, you know, when we were moving, moving that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, like early December of 2012, I think, is when we were there. And when we were, we were driving up just, just on the gravel road as it was, it said it was a, it was a a gravel road the whole way there and this part of it it just kind of went up a little bit of a grade you know just the hill uh-huh. the, the slope of the of the road just kind of went up maybe 12 15 feet or so and then kind of rounded off leveled off and then kept going it seemed like almost nothing at all but my car was near like, like high centering on it basically like you could feel like <laughs> you could feel like the body like start scraping because the roll off of it was like it was just it was just yeah. steeper than, than my car, like the angle of the car and the clearance I had could handle it. And I like, I couldn't get there and I'd wanted to go there all my life. Oh, I was so frustrated. <laughs> and we were like two miles or so. It was like two, three miles or something. Like, well, we didn't know that cause you're like in backwood stuff and it's like, like I'm not going to uh-huh. park there and hike it or something. It <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. And then somebody else rolls up in a vehicle that can handle it. And they're like, why is there this Camry parked in the middle of the road? There was a, there was like a, uh, a group 
of kids of like teenagers on little dirt bikes like little 200s and they were just like bouncing they just zoomed right past us <laughs> kept going but they just, they just had like a little a little bike and they cruised right over it it was nothing man yeah it's it was not it was you would it would be totally everything could get over that except for my car it's what except it like. the camera <laughs> so yeah no overland that day is what it, is what it was but that story really is what it ended up inspiring me to sell that Camry that winter and then like come back in and, and get a forerunner. Like when I got that, that 89 forerunner that I, that I had that was a while. good, that was a good truck. I like that. Rick. It was a good truck. It, I bet it was a better truck earlier, but man, it was a great truck for me. And I really had a great time doing stuff with it. It was super fun. Like, yeah, I do more camping stuff and that was really cool. But that, that was the first time that I had like that truck clearance, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, it's just like a whole new world of opportunities are opened up to you when you, when you have that clearance, it's like, okay. And you got four-wheel drive, so you can get a little more daring with where you're going. And uh, even with that, though, I found that uh, now with my current truck, I don't have the winch on it yet. Oh, and um, and even that kind of uh, dictates to what I will and will not do uh, up in the hills, especially if there's not another rig with me. Sure, yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed having that... Uh, that kind of that lifeline or that security, I guess, of having that winch that uh, I could get out of trouble if I really got myself into it. Like I think that. it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'd, I've never had a have a had a rig with a winch on it, but I really like that that you always did. That was cool. I I don't think we've ever used it together when we were out. Oh, I've used it on Tyler. Oh yeah, yeah. Pull him <laughs> out of that sandbank. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, doing a rafting I, no, trip. I used it on myself Camry. a couple times. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You just get into a rough spot and you've got a tree or something you can tether off of and, and get yourself out of it. But I think that's pretty cool. I remember you telling me a little bit about that in the past and it seems like it'd be pretty necessary if you wanted to do something more serious or more long term if you're doing like an overland trip or, or if you're doing some some truck stuff yeah. or some four by four stuff. Well that's the thing. I'm not a big like uh, you know, off roader. It's you know yeah, but I'm not uh, but it's well, I mean, off road in the sense of like, let's go mud and rock climbing. Right, you know? yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not that, but I do like trying to get into places where, typically, the you know the road kind of ends or, you know, or somebody hasn't been back there in thirty years and there's still roadway going. I think it's I really go cool. Explore it. Yeah, I really yeah. like that part of it. I really like getting to to those different areas and and you you really get to to get through so much more land. You know that way. It's, I I found it to be really cool. You do, especially Oregon in the wintertime. Uh, you know, this area gets so much rain and stuff. It's hard to, like, you know, when you're out there in the winter, you're, you get to the end of the road, and you're like, well, I don't really want to backpack this in, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't want to backpack it in. I want to stay in the rig as long as I can. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely that's a huge part of it for me, too. And let's see, I was trying to think yeah. about. Well, yeah, you should tell me about, tell me about your pickup truck, your first one that you got in high school. Did you, that was like an 80 with a straight axle, right? It was a 1980 straight axle Toyota 4x4 uh, long bed. And that was a great truck. It still is a great truck. It's currently sitting under a canopy right now. It hasn't run in three or four years. But, um, no, I love that truck, man. I drove that from the time I was 15 until, uh, well, four years ago yeah man that was a uh, that was a blast that was that was the coolest truck yeah no i have uh always loved that truck and that truck would go anywhere i mean the 
but really the only reason I I got out of it was just I needed something more reliable. Um, yeah. In fact, its last trip was the trip that Amber and I took down to Joshua Tree, and I put like, uh, you know, almost like four thousand miles on it. No way! And, I remember that trip. That was yeah. that was pretty cool, man. Yeah, and uh, so that was a great trip to take it out on. Um, the harsh reality was, you know, at the time. Gas in California was around five dollars a gallon. It was yeah, insane. Uh, I was getting about twelve miles to the gallon, <laughs> and uh, you know that was rough. You know, it didn't have AC. Uh, you know, that's just little stuff. Like, I mean, people have been getting along without it forever, but no, it makes um, a big difference. So I've learned it a little bit too. I mean, like like what we both learned a little bit in this last year of like having a newer truck. It just solves mm-hmm. a lot of those stresses about transportation, man. Well, it does, and that's the thing is when you're committing to a trip like that, you need to know that your rig's going to be reliable. It's been a huge you know? part for me you, too. Yeah. You need to know it's going to start back up when you're ready to go, and you're not <laughs> you're not yeah. two thousand miles away from home. Going, Did I kill the battery? Okay, now I gotta oh, tow no. my truck or something. Yeah. you know, and the battery is not the problem. Oh no, it's yeah, just like it's just like oh, you know, uh, yeah, my transmission went out, or like uh, that part of it really just sucks. you know, I blew a head gasket or something. You know, like, I mean, that truck, when I took it, it had over 400,000 miles on it. And wow. and so you're just going, uh, boy, this is fun. But really, I just need to make sure I get it home. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was yeah. that's what it came down to. Yeah. I feel like sometimes so. it's like driving a classic car around. You know, it yeah. just doesn't run as well. It's maybe about as old. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, so, yeah. And then I, 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 I got out from that and I, uh, I bought myself a. Uh, little 93 i guess it was sr5 toyota v6 pickup with little extended cab i like having the extra room and that was a great little pickup too um it had that nice canopy with the roof racks on it i, I really enjoyed that um, yeah i like that it canopy was sad in the to see it go yeah it was too bad uh, i thought it was it's too soon you know but too soon but i understand too <laughs> i think it's but, uh, i think it's good to move on or, you know, it's good to you know, use it, use oh, what yeah. you can, and then... Yeah. I see it around town every now and then. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and so since I've gotten into a full-size truck, which I, I I just wonder why I didn't do so much earlier. Oh, yeah? Um, you know, it's just uh, just having the room, uh, the reliability, uh, you know, just all the difference in the world. Yeah, I think so too. I was in your truck, like when we were on when we were on that last trip in East yeah, Oregon. Yeah, we did and it a was podcast great. out of it. Yeah, super clean. Like I, I dig being in there. It's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's far more comfortable than it used to be. You know, cramming into the little single cab and yeah, having a right. manual transmission and trying to <laughs> get around. <laughs> I remember that first trip we did in your and your old truck, your your uh, your eighty yeah. pickup, when we were what sixteen and we were going to camp yeah. up at Union Creek yeah uh what is like what is that up in i guess it's central oregon i don't know what do you call that, uh, <laughs> that i don't know what you would call that it's up crater lake. lake area yeah it's not really central like national forest almost Ro- yeah it's rogue river national forest because it's the rogue that runs yeah. through that that's it is it. yeah yeah i think yeah it's uh that that area up there man that was such a cool trip but i had a great time but man I, like you're saying that we just there was like the three of us, right? <laughs> yeah, just packed in tight. Yeah, and I was the one that had to ride bitch in the center. As <laughs> you throw into third gear and then, was it four gears? Three gears? Uh, Yeah, it was four. I ended up putting a five-speed transmission in that. I remember but, that at the end, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it was just that four speed. You know, you get it out on. It was great in town and stuff. Then you get it onto the freeway and you're just tacked out at like sixty five. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and just you know semis are trying to pass you and yeah, see, all that stuff. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> not built to go that fast. I guess yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a sweet track, though, man. I really had a good time in that. But I, I remember that back in high school. That was fun, like, making that road trip out to, to go camp and throwing everything in the back. Oh, but then yeah. everybody's just cramming, cramming into the bench seat there. <laughs> just how it used to work, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, a, little, a little more luxurious now with the, with the space, I suppose. But it's been cool, man. I like to, I've liked, well, you've always known more about, like, how to use your four-wheel drive and, like, yeah, how to get I, uh... the most out of it. I learned how to drive in kind of like, uh, you know, just kind of remote areas using four wheel drive and, and all that stuff. You know, I, my dad, when we'd go hunting, he'd let me drive when I was like eight, you know, nice. and, uh, I'd drive us to wherever we were going out there. Cause it's all just, you know, old logging roads and no yeah, traffic nothing, and all that stuff. Nothing there. And, uh, so as a result, yeah, I learned how to use four wheel drive, especially working on a, learning on a manual transmission, four wheel drive, uh, you know, it gives you a little more leniency on your clutch when you're eight years old and you can barely reach the pedals and you're trying to figure out how to uh, handle a vehicle. Yeah, a ton more. I wish someone had shown that to me the first time. My goodness. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but how does that work? Explain that a little bit of like four low. And like yeah, how it keeps so running. Your gearing is way lower. Um, I mean, essentially, like you really don't even know how to have to know how to use the clutch. You can just basically let it out and you're geared so low that the the rig is going to take off on its own basically i mean you got to give it just a little bit of gas and it's going to do its thing but uh i mean it's great for a beginner when you've never never driven a manual transmission before because it lets you lets you get a feel for that clutch before you're actually in a in a higher gear trying to do it at yeah. know, a dead stop or yeah. something like that so that was yeah super beneficial to learning how to drive um but then, yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, we're always in a lot of, like, tight places that required four-wheel drive. And uh, that's the other thing, too, is you learn how to drive on those back roads and what it takes to get turned around when you're, uh, when you know. Yeah. I mean, you get up in those tight spots and you're yeah, like, Yeah, you well, just have to stop. Got to turn around yeah. right here. It's a cliff on yeah. one side. It's this weird ditch and rocks on this other side I'm just going to back my truck into, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's this tight little yeah. spot, yeah. <laughs> or you're yeah. backing down a hill oh yeah i've done that where it's but, like well we're not doing anything right here <laughs> so just, yeah i think i got i got stuck like uh nose to nose on like with another vehicle on this one lane section that just like dropped off it was out in eastern oregon when we were there and it's just like okay oh, yeah what like so i don't probably like what we'd run into at the illy but it's that thing where i think uh person the person going uphill has to back down is that yeah. the rule? Yeah, right. Uh, I don't. I don't really know what the rule is. If there is a rule, it's definitely unwritten. Um, but I think yeah, yeah. it just kind of seems like the person that has the most leeway should probably grant it. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, which seems to not happen as much as I would want. When I've been out no. there, it seems like people just like blow by, center the thing, and they just expect I'll get out of the way. Seems yeah, like a crazy yeah. choice to me. They've, I don't know, very rude people out there sometimes. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> give me a berth. <laughs> Stretch out a little bit, man. Don't run into me. But uh, I guess I haven't been run into yet. 
It's weird yeah. though. I remember get like, well, what I was talking about. Yeah, we got st- like there was you know six inches on either or a foot or something on either side, but it was like tight. Where there's no go around me sort of a thing. So I just had to back down like 500, 600 feet to to the spot where there's there's a wide enough pullout where I could kind of tuck in and he could get around me. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, man, I hope that doesn't happen a few more times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you're the only person I run into. Today. Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta get through this section at least before. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna have to go down here two miles and back out the rest of it. That'd be awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I remember that years back of like people at the Illinois River. They'd run into that same thing on that that tight little paved one lane road. God mm-hmm. knows how sober they were driving back out toward Jun- or toward yeah. Cave Junction again. <laughs> at the end of the day, of just you know sitting in the and river, drinking up the river all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. World's best people out there. I'm sure. But, oh uh, yeah. Yeah, just some really stand-up citizens. I mean, anywhere that you have to, like, ban alcohol. Did they ban it there? Yeah, it's uh, no alcohol allowed at the Illinois River anymore. What? What is the Illinois River, then? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Place of sobriety and uh, self-development. Yeah, Uh, that's crazy. No, yeah, they uh, they actually end up doing that. And you know what? I really am glad. Oh, me Um, too, really, yeah much of a booze hound as i am i you know i no, it's broken I, glass everywhere well and that's the thing too and so much of that just became like your personal responsibility to pack out the things that you bring oh you yeah. know i i never understood that you know I, you you pack in a 30 rack of beer that weighs you know 25 30 pounds on your back you hike it in two miles you drink all the beer and then you just leave the cans that now weigh essentially nothing and yeah. compact into something that you can put in a gallon Ziploc bag. Right, crush them and down. And you're just going to leave it there. Yeah. And so that was kind of the story of what was going on. And then just too many fights, I think. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. You get all... God, if anyone's familiar with Southern Oregon, you know the story. But <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it yeah. just... Yeah, it just became kind of a mess. And Good I times. Think, uh, I think uh, the people that were out there dealing with it just had enough, and they, they instated that little that rule now oh man the future is yeah. just gonna be no fun robert we're gonna tell it our is. kids someday yeah you used to go down to the river and just drink and throw glass <laughs> yeah. and get in fights <laughs> <laughs> yeah what? the good yeah. old days well i heard this same at um uh to the tokity falls hot springs they closed that whole camping same area thing. down yeah because it was just too much trash too much drinking too much fighting nobody to regulate it no money to regulate it i mean god knows that- what Douglas County, Josephine, Jackson County, Curry County. It's like the poorest. You look at like uh, income. It's like the poorest part or some of the poorest levels of uh, county income across the United States. Yeah. No, it really is. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many of those places were all timber industry and uh, that no longer produce. And so, I mean, a lot of the economy went down with that. But I mean, it's just it's a shame that it, it ruins it for all the people that like to go recreate in these areas yeah you know no it's, it's like it's uh unfortunately these places of beauty also draw um people of lesser beauty i guess <laughs> <laughs> to, i think to about that a bit that. too it's what it's curious how like the tone of places seems to change a little bit i remember i was at um i think i was out in like lone pine california really cool spot seems to become super uh-huh. popular over the last six seven years or so i see so much more from it now uh but it was this it was this area where back in the 50s they shot like uh people like burbank hollywood would come up 
and they would shoot like gun smoke and like the westerns and stuff they would shoot like a bunch of the yeah, parts out yeah. there because you know it's like i think there was a couple scenes in django unchained from a few years back that were shot in that same area and there's like okay. parts of iron man were shot there when they had to pretend they were in afghanistan like anytime uh -huh. they anytime they need like this sort of desolate but mountain Damn. area yeah, they go out here to this area, drive around, and pretend pretend they're in Humvees in Afghanistan or something. You know, it's it's kind of funny, <laughs> or uh, or old west stuff. But uh, but out in this area, like it seemed like it had kind of turned into like a rougher area for a while. There's like tons of broken glass in the past, and then like now, it's like an outdoors like rock climbers area. Like okay. the the yeah. the market for it kind of changed, I guess, or like it just kind of got pushed out a little bit, maybe over time. I don't think it, I don't think they were they were crazy, but it seems like it's way different now, or like mm -hmm. the interest is way different. But maybe it's the same. Maybe it's like you know, I don't know, in ten years or something, it's like super a super big deal to go to go camp or you know go do go look <laughs> at waterfalls or something down in Illinois. Yeah, but no, never down, never down there. It's it's just gonna be Cape Junction people, I guess. So. That that's what it's gonna always be. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's it's, but, it's a trip out of how that stuff happens. But um, but yeah. I was gonna ask you about. So we we're talking about truck stuff. I wanted to ask if you'd ever used a hijack before. Say that again. A hijack? Have you heard of that? Or seen it? It's like no. that. It's like that tool. I think Dave has one. Our buddy Dave. Uh -huh. I think he wanted to show me uh, show me how to use it one time. But it, uh, like uh, you probably wouldn't because you have a winch. But I think it was supposed to do some of that, but as like a jack tool, like like a manual thing, like so you could use it as a as a lever to to like ratchet uh -huh. stuff down. Or it, that's like if you had webbing or oh, chain or okay, something like okay. that. Okay, so what I'm it has a chain and a strap. And uh, but it looks like it's like a about? it's like a four foot piece of of like steel, right? It's like a big steel mm -hmm. bar, and yeah. it's got like a hook at it, and yeah, and then like one of them kind of moves through. But you can you can jack something like four or two feet or three feet or something like that yeah okay so i've always known that to be called a come along come along huh yeah that's what i've always done and those are super handy to have great tool um how do you use yeah, that fantastic yeah basically you find a point of anchor um you would hook like uh, for example let's say a tree okay you're stuck in a ditch you can take um this come along and essentially, yeah, it's like a, it's a lever on a section of chain with a hook on it. You can wrap it around said tree, okay? Now from there, you tie off um, to, let's say, your truck. It's stuck in a ditch. Uh, and then it has this ratcheting, um, yeah, this, this ratcheting mechanism on it that uh, gives you like a huge pull ratio. Um, and you're using that lever as well. And basically, you can pull a lot of stuff out. I mean, uh, before before tow trucks were super manual, you know, yeah. and everything was hydraulic, uh -huh. uh, they always used those on them. Really? Um, uh, yeah, I've used it to straighten out bumpers on vehicles before. I mean, they have a huge pulling capacity. So. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, great tool, great investment. Um, that's just one of those things. I mean, I don't have one in my truck right now. But uh, that's definitely something I would love to keep in there yeah. just for the sake of, let's say, you nosed your vehicle into a spot that you can't get out of. And now your winch is unusable because it's on the front of your truck. Right. Um, it's something you could hook onto the tow hooks of your rear bumper or something like that and still pull yourself out. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh, that makes sense a bit. Yeah, like why you'd want to have one there. I've seen like how they've been used a couple of times, and it seemed like it'd be really useful. Or yeah. some of the stuff that it was that they do. But yeah. So, so that's something also I kind of want to talk about, which yeah. is like, uh, you know, outfitting your rig for these overland excursions, if you will. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, you know, being prepared, you know, kind of just being ready for that unseen circumstance that could uh, potentially ruin a trip. It's like, uh, I like having, I like having tow chain or tow strap or something like that. Something that I can pull somebody or have somebody pull me out of with. Right. Cause you never really know where you're going. A lot of times you're looking at old BLM maps or forest service maps and you're just kind of going on a whim. Going to oh, follow man. This, follow so this many times road. Yeah. Or like, what if and, a tree uh, fell down? You know, it's and like, yeah, it's just block or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I saw that on on uh, somebody else's trip. They did like five days in British Columbia. They're traveling through, and they they had they took photos and they posted it later. But it was all the all the trees that were f- falling over that they had to like sit and like cut through for an hour, you know, and yeah, then, and then kick out of the way and then and then keep going because they like couldn't. They're like hundreds of miles out, and they got to go through, I guess, or you know, they're set up to. But they had this big like fireman's Pulaski that they were just. You know, chopping away at these big trees that had come down. God, I would love to have a Pulaski in my truck. They're just expensive, man. Oh yeah, they look should expensive. Have, should have taken one when I worked fire, but I didn't. <laughs> but, but no, um, yeah, having something to cut with. I usually do carry an axe. Um, yeah. That's usually in my toolbox. Uh, I mean, if you can take a chainsaw, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of backcountry stuff like that, where you're going, right. people haven't been for years. Especially if it's the springtime, you just had a heavy winter, anything Ugh. like that. All things to take into account and just kind of be ready for. Or you get up there in a windstorm and you find you're in an area and where trees have root rot and stuff. And, you know, you get to where you're going, you're driving back out. And now you've got, you know, a 24-inch tree laying in the middle of the road. Yeah, and now yeah. you're stuck. You know? Yeah, you're stuck there. Yeah, if you weren't ready for yeah. it. You're like, yeah, it's like, oh, well, <laughs> we're sticking it out until... <laughs> Until some Forest Service truck gets back in here in a month. Yeah. Forever. Yeah, exactly. Ever, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be so. bad news if uh, or yeah, if something like that happened. But that makes a lot of sense. What other stuff what other stuff do you carry around in your truck for, for thing for instances like when you're going back? I always I always err on the side of just like what if I got stuck? You know, I always have I have a first aid kit. Um you know, I keep uh I keep probably like six to ten bottles of water in my truck at all times um i generally have food yeah some of it i wouldn't want to eat because it's been floating around between my vehicles for like seven years now nah that's good but but you know what if it came down to it i'd eat it yeah Uh, i've I've got a few a few things set up like that where it's like well if it comes down to it i'd I'd be happy it was around yeah i've no i've got i've got plenty of rope a rope is like one of the handiest things you can ever have um you know i've got lighters uh, a couple knives just things things of that nature sure um where you could really work yourself out and if i'm if i'm uh planning for a trip or something then i'm obviously going to step it up a little bit more but those are the things i keep in there daily um you know like a like a jump station is super great we talked about that and one of yeah. the other episodes i've saved myself a couple of times by having a jump station around that's really yeah helped. yeah yeah man you get out to those places nobody to jump you yeah you know i need a better one now i need i need a more robust well it seems like yeah. you have to update them every few years well okay it's kind of like there's a... this 
There's this new one. Yeah. Um, I just saw, and it's made by Goal Zero. It's called the Yeti. Oh yeah, I wanted and, one of those uh, so bad. Yeah, if you have an extra grand laying around. Yeah, that's why. That's why I don't have one yet. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing I saw. It was, a, it was a grand. Just yeah. an easy, easy thousand bucks. But it's like a full-on generator, man. Apparently oh yeah. It runs for like twelve hours. You can like power your house off. <laughs> I've pretty, I've seen people go for that. Yeah. Setup. Yeah. I've heard people they get that as like kind of a core, and then they they get a few of the bigger solar panels that connect to it, and so they do solar mm-hmm. and they charge that, and then they've got the power bank to to draw like heavy power items off of. But it seems really cool. Yeah, yeah it seems like um, I've seen people take that. It's kind of like their their like RV power system or their camp power system, like what we're talking about, where they run like yeah just. Just everything, everything that they need to offer. I remember being at uh, at the Gorge for the concert. I think with you guys uh, for uh-huh. for yeah. Dave Matthews band, and uh, and like yeah, the one of the one of the the party camps. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like where they had like the yeah, stereo yeah. going all the time. I think yeah. one of those was was just running on one of the you know the bro camps from from University of Washington <laughs> that comes over in uh, their in their mom's minivan. But they've got this this like thousand dollar this like I remember seeing a Yeti um, one of those Yeti power packs and they'd have it plugged in to run the stereo until the battery went dead. But it was like that whole weekend, man. They were just pumping out pumping out the beats. <laughs> no, you know what? One thing I really do want to do. Um, this will take a little bit of fabrication, but not much. I mean, for a right. hundred bucks, you can you can fabricate this. Uh, I want to clear a little bit of room on the passenger side of my truck in the engine compartment. Yeah. I want to mount uh, another battery in there. Oh, yeah. Um, and then have an isolation switch to it. So I can isolate it, cut all power from it, so it'll just sit charged. Um, and then anytime I need that, I have a spare battery that I can either jump my current battery off of or... Um, you know, worst case scenario, I could swap it with my other battery. Man, that's a sweet idea. But well, yeah, because you probably want them both as car batteries. What I had heard of in the past, I think Scott talked about it. Our buddy Scott talked about it uh, when they were doing that music trip, uh, the, the music mm-hmm. tour thing. Um, but uh, but I'd also heard of it from this other guy from from one of these overland places, or you know, one of these trips that they were doing overlanding where. In the back, he had an SUV, but he took a marine battery, like one from a boat. Oh, one of those deep cycle marine Yeah, batteries. a yeah. deep cycle one, or like what you'd have in, uh, I see them in the RVs too when I'm working uh, out with those. They have the deep cycle marine batteries in there mm-hmm. that run the, the house, uh, you know, when the power to the engine's off. But I'd seen yeah. that where they have like the car battery, uh, char- like trickle charge, the deep cycle marine battery during the time mm-hmm. that it's running, and then they draw... You know, like the longer well, periods of time. Well, that's Yeah, your your alternator is still charging that battery all the time. Yeah, and, but uh, it, it looked like it was yeah. a really cool solution for like they ran, they just ran all their all their stuff like they would when they were traveling, or you know, like mm-hmm. had had stuff charge or whatever it is that they would they would want to do. Or I think that you know, like work on your laptop at night when your car's off. They could do all yeah. that sort of stuff. Just run it run it right off the power from the car, but you don't have to worry about killing the battery. Man, yeah, seems exactly. like the coolest thing. Yeah, same same principle basically. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's something I want to do. I think uh, I can get by cheaper with just doing another car battery. Um, but regardless, you know, it's I think it's a great setup to have, and that's something I'd like to do. I'm getting this. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a commuter truck just for work. I think it's a sweet um, idea, man. Yeah. So I I'm going to be spending a lot of time uh, just really turning my truck into a just you know a full time road trip camping hunting angling 
rig that's just ready to go for any time, any situation, jump in it and go. That's so cool. Yeah. Go so, truck, man. Forget about a bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I know. Just have, man, I don't know if I told you, but I was, uh, so I did a couple of these outdoor shows this year. Right. And, uh, I did one in Denver and then one in Las Vegas and, um, uh, at both of them, man, they have all these different, um, you know, uh, outfitters and sponsors and stuff that show up. So they had like at, in Denver, they had Ford and Chevy and all these different, all these different, uh, car manufacturers there with like, you know, like the, the 2017, you know, 2500 Silverado, just fully loaded, just, just so rigged out for, you know, just anything. Anything, outdoors. yeah. <laughs> and, and they had, you know, the Toyota, the, the, the Tacoma, just fully loaded, so set yeah. up, just like the dream vehicle for for the stuff we do, you know. Totally, yeah. And it, it's just so such cool. envy I have for it. Oh my gosh. Oh, I know. But you're looking at it too, going, "This is probably like a hundred thousand dollar rig by the time." Oh yeah, done. for a new you track, know? and then like the like yeah, the whole like and the, all everything. the all the custom modifications and everything to it. But yeah. But man, spectacular! I mean, somebody owns one somewhere. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks they like it'd be set. a blast. It'd be so fun. It would suck to scratch it though. Ugh. <laughs> oh yeah it's just, you get that oregon pinstriping yeah, yeah right just, yeah just yeah, a yeah. bunch of blackberries <laughs> scraping the sides <laughs> as you go down the driveways oh man yeah yeah it's good exactly <laughs> that's sweet though man you know i want to get a canopy for my truck i think you were talking yes. about getting a canopy for your truck i was looking into yeah. it i was looking about what how much of a tax return does a man need to get to own his own new canopy <laughs> I was looking at new canopies. Well, because I know that there's, I know that there's other canopies out there. I know that there's a uh, lot of canopies out there. Really, I should look into the reseller market more for it. And I know, like, there's I a, would. Oh yeah, there's I, a lot of places that just specialize in selling nothing but refurbished canopies. Yeah, and you I, can have them painted to match your vehicle and whatever else. Which yeah, is what I want to go for too. And uh, I mean, mine's yeah. gonna be super basic. It's gonna go black. It's gonna kind of two tone with the truck. Is what I figured to go with the. There you go. The other stuff, but uh, so that should be easy enough. But I want to get one that that does match that truck. Have mm-hmm. you looked into that a little bit? I was looking into a little bit of between like ARE and Lear and Snugtop. And... Lear and Snugtop are the two that I, I'm really familiar with. I've had one of each. Yeah, and I found out the other and day the... that they're the same brand, or like, or yeah, or it's I guess <laughs> Snugtop. Owns... They definitely make the same product. <laughs> are they actually? <laughs> no, it, yeah, Snugtop owns Lear now, and I think ARE oh, is okay. different. Okay. That's what the, that's what the, I went to some, some hokey dealership down here and they're like, mm-hmm. it's like this. And then this, it's weird. I've heard that in the, in the RV side too, or same like GM, you know, it's like a GM and a Pontiac and a Saturn and a Chevy. It's all, uh-huh. it's all like the same master company, but it seems like the same yeah. kind of, same kind of game in the, in the truck canopy racket. Yeah. Uh, so I was looking at that. It seems like it's 1600 bucks to get like the new, like a brand new nice one oh, yeah. built for my year of a truck which is pretty it's pretty expensive it's kind of what i figured for for like brand new stuff though but i want to drop down and and look at the used market and get something sub a thousand bucks uh which i'm sure is out there oh man you can you can get into over 300 bucks for a nice canopy i bet yeah i bet that i can yeah. and i want to be pretty smart about it i'd love to get to save that much money i was trying to figure out what to do because yeah i had the colorado which is like the smaller size. It's like that, mm-hmm. I don't know, midsize or something. I guess it's the same truck bed size as the S10 back in the 90s. 
yeah and part of the 2000s and then and then i guess like a lot of the the other colorados of that that extended cab type so apparently there's going to be a ton of of canopies out there that would fit the dimensions of the truck bed but i am kind of interested or what i want to do i want to try and match it up pretty well you know i want it to be kind of like uh of the same stock or something like fits that truck pretty well but i figure they all got it or they if it fits it's gonna kind of fit if you know if i decide it fits Mm. i could probably figure it out i don't know it seems cool though oh the other thing i want to figure out is like the drawers i talked to you about that before too like i've seen those like i've seen people build them out of plywood i've seen companies now making them where they have like um like i think are like you can buy the canopy right but then you can also Mm -hmm. buy this uh this this piece i don't know what it is but it's shaped like your truck bed and you you like fit it in there kind of around the wheel wheel well and it's like these uh these two long drawers like these kitchen drawers that pull out but they're just like four feet Mm -hmm. long and you just you just slide it out you like you drop your tailgate and you just slide these these two sweet drawers out load all your stuff in there and then you put your pads and your your mattress or whatever it is over the top and you just have all your storage and then your sleeping area and stuff right inside your canopy yeah no i've seen those those are awesome man and actually i've seen a couple people do that same thing out of plywood and i kind of did that for a work vehicle one time um cool you know i mean if you have a canopy and it's going to stay out of the rain i would say go out of plywood if you have any type of like building ability because you can be into it uh you know 150 bucks and a saturday and have a pretty legitimate setup oh yeah i would go that Um, route definitely yeah yeah um and another thing, like, uh, on the same lines of building stuff like that, not just for your truck, you, you, I built that kitchen box right? Um, for for going along on trips. And that, that's been so helpful to have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just like. Some constructed you know, box where you put that, that set of things in. That's helped exactly. us a lot, too. We figured that kind of early on. Uh, too but, the, but it was like yeah we were just like just out of college so instead of like building a, a sweet kitchen box that was actually functional for a long time we got at uh, like a filing box like if you go oh, down yeah. uh like for, for everybody that's doing their taxes last minute and they have to go through you know there, there's like these little file boxes that are that are for like manila folders to sit in mm-hmm. and you're like you're just supposed to stack your stuff in and, and store it in the closet or whatever it's like an office space or you know office keeping supply thing but they're like five bucks or something a piece. They're just like these cheap, but like 12, 12 by 12 little plastic containers. We're like, man, okay, we're, we're going to get like two of these. And this one's going to be our kitchen. Like everything that's part of yeah. like the kitchen stuff, it all goes in this one. But that's helped so much to contain and sort of separate between like, all right, this is all the shower stuff that we want to have. That's going to be all over there. This is all the kitchen stuff. This uh-huh. is the food stuff. Man, that helped, that helped so much to like just organize those smaller pieces in camping. Well, so much of that, yeah, so much of that, uh, you know, road tripping stuff is like, or that weekend warrior type thing where you're going to get out there and go do it, um, really takes organization. Because, I mean, otherwise you're spending, you know, all of Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday trying to get stuff ready. And then just so you can leave on a, you know, Friday night or a Saturday morning and get the most out of your weekend. But when you have all that stuff ready, organized, it always stays there. It never leaves. It it's so much better man it takes off so much of the stress of doing that because you just get to get to go and then come back man take it out deal with it later i think that's a (laughs) that's a huge improvement and i I could definitely see how how valuable that would be i mean even for 
I mean, it's the beginning of the season, so I'm rusty, but I consider myself fairly well prepared for some camping stuff, you know, to get, to get yeah. started to jump into it. And when we went on that trip together, when we met up with you out in Plush, that was like two whole evenings after work's worth of like prepping different types of things to get ready to go. And you go, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about how much work this is. No, <laughs> and that's, that's it too, is like as ready as I was, um, I mean, I still packed from probably like Tuesday on, you know, just kind of because and also let's let's be fair. This is like one of the first trips of the season, you know, uh, so yeah, it's it was rusty. also kind of like, well, Clean what am out. I missing in that kitchen box? Like, what do I need to do here? I need to get stuff cleaned up, organized again. Yeah. But, but yeah. once you're in the swing of things, then then you're good to go. Yeah. Once once you, you get, get to utilize your time. Yeah. You get kind of like uh, you kind of evened out to it all after a bit of time. It's kind of cool yeah. how that goes. I like that part when you get you get you get a couple couple experiences under your belt. You practice a couple times, and then it's smoother sailing from there on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know. Then you run into stuff. Yeah, it's like anything. You do it enough, you get you get more efficient at it. Yeah, I believe it. But Robert, thanks yeah. a lot for doing this podcast, man. I really appreciate hey, no uh, talking about talking about truck stuff, talking about trips and stuff. We got so many other trips and stuff that we did in the truck too. I want to talk about that some other time. Be yeah. Sweet. No, I'd like to. No, we got we got enough stories to keep going for a while. <laughs> um, but hey, on a side note, uh, we were talking about all these places that we enjoy going that have been getting shut down or, um, you know, heavily monitored due to people like littering and doing stuff like that. If you're an outdoor recreator and you like enjoying these places, which you should because you're listening to this podcast, um, pack your stuff out, leave stuff better than you found it and take care of it. Um, not just for us it's for future generations yeah and uh if we want to keep having rights to these areas and things then we need to kind of maintain them and be responsible with them so that's uh you know it's, it's my concluding thought i suppose i think it's i think it's super important and uh yeah. yeah it really makes a lot of sense i think uh it was like roosevelt when he put together the parks service i think he said that mm -hmm. uh these resources Everybody was mad. They were like, no, give us, give us the stuff. It's our land. If it's the public's yeah. land, give, give us those trees now. We want to cut them down. We want to burn it. And he said, no, yeah. it's left to the, to the womb of time, I think is, yeah, what, exactly. is what he called it, that, right? That is what he said, yeah. Um, cool, no, what cool incredible foresight, man. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, we, we need it still in the future, and people in the future from us now still are going to need it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's funny, because now he's a hero, and at the time he was, you know, everybody... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disdain, for disdain for the yeah. idea. But we see it even still. I mean, Robert, you know, going out a few weeks ago, seeing seeing what's out there in Lakeview, and uh, and you just look around it at that kind of landscape and how unchanged it's been for a few hundred years. And then you know, kind of yeah. seeing seeing those areas where wow, there used to be water here. There's these artifacts here. You see these petroglyphs on the rocks out here from the native people that lived in the area. Yeah. And you go, man, this is unchanged. This needs to be protected in some way, or it can't be just disturbed and and you know, just just ruined by by people. Or yeah, no, I, th shame. I think that area would have looked a lot better with uh, some duplexes. <laughs> Run some tract housing in there. Put some put some uh, oil pumps in there. Get the uranium exactly. mine industry up and running there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, take care of those lands. They're for all of us. If you're an American citizen, you own them. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's it's uh. Respect them. You know, it's still yeah an amazing benefit that we have in this country to have so much public land and 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 really just so much wilderness area that that is hardly managed at all. There's so much that's ours 
that we have a lot of agency over, like even just as people well, we visiting. Do. I, I mean, we're the world leader as far as land conservation goes. You know, I mean, wow. as far as like, uh, you know, maintained public lands, there's no place in the world that has the same, the same uh, opportunities that we do as far as that goes. Yeah, I think it's a really cool so, thing, and and it's just super, it's just awesome that we have you know so much opportunity now to get access yeah. to it. But yeah, man, it is. It's cool. Yeah. But Robin, and thanks so also, much. For... Oh, go ahead, Robin. BillyNewmanPhoto.com. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. Got to plug the site at Billy Newman on Instagram. I don't know. Uh, but that's, yeah, it's the best stuff. Yeah. Find some photos and stuff. We've got, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Check out the podcast. Like you probably are. Subscribe if you can. Shoot us an email. Goodness. If anybody actually listens to this, yeah. yeah. Shoot us an email or, or a message or something or uh, leave, a, leave a comment on the, the YouTube or the, uh, well, I think it's maybe going to be on YouTube or the iTunes listing. <laughs> leave us That's, a review or a yeah. comment there, man. Whatever. There's there's places you can contact us. Any yeah, leave us things. something. Give us some fodder, something to work with. Yeah, what do, what do you guys <laughs> want to know about? <laughs> yeah, yeah they, what are your they, questions? They want to know about how we drove our trucks around the Illinois River. <laughs> that's <how> they, <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that's my number one topic of this podcast in the future. But Robert, exactly. thanks, man, for doing this podcast. I really appreciate it. It's really cool. Hey, absolutely, and thank you guys for listening. Yeah, episode nine, man. We're working it out, and you Here sound great tonight. You came through uh, really clear on Facetime. It's worked. It good, fantastic. good. That's fantastic. That's a, that's a rarity in these parts. <laughs> good internet day. It's weird how it is. It's like a burn day, right? You know when the smoke would stay low. Like oh, no burn day. Oh yeah. It's like All a no podcast in. day. There's no bandwidth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no bandwidth to the countryside today. No podcast. That's right. <laughs> but Robbie, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate you doing it. Yep. We're coming back next week. Episode 10. It's going to be uh, the same. You know, it's, it's going <laughs> to, we'll, we'll get, we'll get through it. It'll be great. It's going to be better than all the other ones. Oh it's yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> I got a hype. <laughs> but Robert, yeah, I think it's fantastic, man. We're going to come back next week, next Wednesday. We'll probably put up another episode of the, the Get Out There podcast. Episode 10. It's going to be sweet, man. I appreciate it. You betcha. So, on behalf of Robert Biscarette, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Get Out There podcast.